0: You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. This episode of the Sportsman's Empire is brought to you by Interstate Batteries. Since 1952, Interstate Batteries has been evoking compassion and a trustworthy spirit into the surrounding communities. Interstate Batteries is a mission-driven company fueled by purpose and guided by their values. If you need help locating a specific battery, stop into your local Interstate Batteries retail store and speak with a battery specialist. They even offer cell phone repairs. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Welcome to the Antler Up podcast brought to you by Tethered, the world's best saddle hunting gear, and we got a great show for you all today. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Antler Up podcast, and we're on episode 211. And on this week's episode, I had the pleasure of sitting down with Chris Hamm, co-owner of HHA Sports. And Chris takes us on a journey through his recent season, sharing some valuable lessons learned, and really some of the experiences that he had out in the great outdoors. And we kick things off by getting into the importance of seizing the opportunities and taking decisive action when Opportunities come about. Chris emphasizes that in the realm of hunting and life, there's really no room for neutral action. Reflecting on these experiences, that he highlights the significance of really being able to reflect as a tool for our personal growth and moving forward. Chris passionately discusses how Archery has the transformative power to change lives and really unite communities He really paints a promising future of Archery, citing innovative projects and a growing interest in the sport we then talk about really the importance of practicing shooting shooting scenarios and how the tetra rise this past year not only helped me out in certain situations but also chris as well which is kind of cool to hear we wrap up this episode just talking about anticipating some really cool developments that's going to be coming out especially from hha hha usa as well really greatly appreciate your support for listening to this podcast and if you like what you hear man you want to watch it head on over to the Antler Up Outdoors YouTube page and watch it now. While you're there, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Like it as well. It helps that the channel grow. We're getting there. Share it with your friends. Share it with your family. And man, I can't thank you enough. Really looking forward to hopefully getting a chance to see some more people at the outdoor show. Those of you that I ran into this weekend, really appreciate you coming over to the Tether booth saying what's up. It's great to see you. It's great to see some of your success this past year. Thanks again, everybody, for the support. Antler Up. Tether is a team of saddle hunting fanatics with a passionate addiction to whitetail hunting, designing and engineering products to be a more efficient and confident hunter. Tether produces the most mobile, stealthy and safest elevated hunting gear on the planet built by saddle hunters for the saddle hunter. Head over to tethernation.com to see for yourself what exactly I'm talking about. Welcome back to the show, everybody. I'm joined by co-owner of HHA Chris Ham, Chris, it's a great pleasure to finally have you back on. It's been a long time, like we just said.
1: It has, man. I want to say it was. Uh, I think it was pre-COVID, wasn't it? Oh Probably, yeah, yeah. Early it, January of 2020, maybe.
0: Yeah, it was like I think right before everything kind of went crazy.
1: <laughs> wow. Yeah, it, it seems like that was yesterday and it was, you know, we're coming up on four years already. I know it's
0: nuts. Well, here's here's a you know, we, we we're just chatting and it just because it's 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 live. It's it's uh it, it's in your in your brain. It just it's fresh. It, it just happened Sunday night. You got some some meat in the freezer. How did that all all play out for you?
1: Yeah, I'll. Uh, I won't make this too long of a story, but I guess I'll just kind of tee up why it was such a special hunt. I mean, I had so so last year, I killed my best buck ever to date. It ended up being a 169 inch uh, deer that I called Houdini. I had him on my farm for three years. Just an awesome, awesome story behind that one. But um, I had two pretty good deer on my farm, late summer, early fall, and I don't know. I, I'm calling it Houdini Hangover, and there's a there's a great message in this because I didn't. I mean, by no means did I get a big head thinking, oh, I'm just a big buck killer now. But I mean, these deer were—they were good deer. They were in probably 130s, 140s, good deer that I should have gone out and killed. And for whatever reason, I just didn't have the—I didn't have the fire early in the season to get out and hunt. Long story short, one of those deer completely disappeared. Um, the second one, my cousin ended up killing opening night of rifle season, and then um i actually had a pretty nice buck at my house here i've got i've got 160 acres where i do most of my hunting but then my wife and i live on 17 acres just outside of town we've got a lot of deer here and she had found the sheds off of a buck um it was march of 2022 i was in town grocery shopping one night and she she sends me a text she's like hey i think there's a i think there's a deer antler in the yard and a minute later she's like i think there's another one and i'm like are you kidding you know i've never found a matching set of sheds in my life of all my years of hunting she finds them in her sweatpants in our living room, <laughs> and so, so we uh, we affectionately named that deer the Holly Buck, and he showed back up on on my cameras here. So I hunted him all fall, and just spent a lot of lot of time in the woods bow hunting, trying to go after my target buck. Didn't happen. Picked up the gun. My cousin ends up killing my other target buck. So I was a little, little discouraged, a little down in the dumps. It's like, man, I've spent a lot of time in the woods, and I don't have anything to show for it as far as putting any anything on the tailgator and the meat in the freezer. But um, Sunday night was the last night of our, we have a four-day doe hunt here that wraps up uh, kind of all of our rifle seasons. And um, it's been a slow, slow year for seeing deer. We did have a, a, a poacher out by our land, uh, unfortunately, that killed a, a young buck that uh, uh, that was a little disappointing. So I don't know how much damage this poacher has done, but long story short, just wasn't seeing the volume of deer that I normally did. So I was a little reluctant to to shoot a doe out at my place. Well, then Sunday night, 10 minutes before closing, I had 10 deer pile into my field and uh, made a, made a pretty nice shot on a doe at 160 yards. And, and she ended up piling up, you know, within about 60, 70 yards and the neighbor came and helped me get her out on the UTV. And um, so long, long story, but it's, it's been a long grinding season um, but just a lot of, a lot of lessons and I mean, being a man of faith, it's like, what, what is God trying to teach me in this season? And right. I mean, the, the one word that comes up to me is opportunity. There was, there was so many opportunities. I mean, had I, had, I had a little more pep in my step early in the season and said, yeah, that 140 inch deer is a pretty nice deer. I should probably go and try and kill him. I mean, that deer daylighted three times in front of my blind in the first week of the season. I could have, could have got an arrow in him early in the season but I chose not to. And then, you know, hunting the holly buck behind my house, I passed up dozens of, of does every, every night I had does coming in and, but I just didn't want to stink things up and, and risk blowing him out of there. So again, more opportunities that I didn't take advantage of. So it's not like I didn't have opportunities. It's just that I didn't seize those. So that's uh there's a lot more to be said about that comment than just hunting
0: right you know that's the one beauty about these conversations that I'm I'm very fortunate and lucky to have with with individuals like yourself Chris is where I get a chance to hear your story right like I get a chance to hear you know you're reflecting on on your season and that actually that was a uh, that it was one word that I wrote down that I would love to have we could get into during this conversation is reflecting and and kind of moving forward basically Um, but with that it's so fascinating to hear everybody's stories as just how the path that they take right like obviously hunting is just one little blip of what we do in our everyday lives and that is just one thing that we love and and cherish and and really put a lot of effort into but when it comes to just hearing those stories of how you know, like you said, the opportunities, like that's your word that comes to mind, like mine, I could kind of relate to you, right? Like my word on my, if I reflect on my, my season was opportunities. I seize those opportunities because that's for me, I, I bounced around a little bit. I hunted particular spots at particular times. And I seized those opportunity opportunities where, you know, that's the the beauty of where you hunt is, you know, you're, you're hunting these specific parcels. And, you know, I know, from last time we've had the conversation on the podcast and just obviously our our usually monthly that a conversation that we have, you know, we know, I know that, you know, for anybody listening, Chris doesn't really travel outside of Wisconsin, right? Like you like to hunt your properties. Um, so you have your, your story of, of what you want to take and, and what gets you forward. And it's just so fascinating. Again, I love hearing how everybody's story has a path and what you want to get out of it basically.
1: Yeah, and it was cool because we just got. I mean, it's twenty, what is it, twenty-three degrees here today. We got a couple inches of fresh snow on Sunday morning, and it's like, man, I've probably hunted. You know, I've I've spent seventy-five, maybe a hundred hours in the stand already this fall, and again, nothing to show for it as far as a, a deer on the ground or anything on the wall. But, but so many lessons. And and Sunday, you know, I'm walking out to my blind. That that fresh snow is there, and. I'm, I'm thinking, okay, there's a social media post here. So God, God's telling me something. And so I'm taking pictures on my way in of, you know, the, these beautiful trails that I have through my property with the fresh snow on them. And it's like, everything is just fresh and it's new and, and it's clean. And it was like, it was almost like God was telling me, okay, your season starts today. Yeah. Granted you've been hunting for almost three months, but, but your season starts today. And, and and I was very optimistic that I, I was going to have an opportunity that night. and, he provided. And then 24 hours later, I'm literally, you know, cutting that deer up in my garage. I can look out my garage window and see my food plot, you know, 80 yards behind my house. My wife is inside. She had just gotten done working from home. She's decorating for Christmas. I'm on the phone with a good friend and my phone is blowing up and I look at my text. She's like, Hey, I think my buck is in the backyard. Sure enough, I pull up my reveal tactic cams and, and there he is 20 yards in front of my blind. It's like, Oh God, I hope he, hope he shows up tomorrow night. But, I've got a whole new spring in my step that I didn't have early in the season now, because yeah, I've got, I've got some meat in the freezer and now I've got Almost four weeks to hopefully get an arrow in uh, in this target buck, and what a what a cool story that's going to be if it uh, if it transpires. Yeah, that would be really cool. I just I just love how like you said, you're out grocery
0: shopping, getting things done, and she sends you those messages as she's in the house. And I think I see some some antlers. I just think that is so funny, just because like you, I've never had that opportunity to really find. Uh, a match set i've been around where i found found an antler and then either someone found the other side to it but not necessarily myself finding a match set so i just always think that's such a fun story and the fact that again it you're you're still hunting him like that is that's the really cool thing
1: it's just this this deer and i think that's really why i wanted to you know maybe that was one of the reasons i didn't go out to my farm as nice as those deer were it's like yeah but they'll be really nice if they're still around next year but i really wanted to Really wanted to get this deer just because her and I have a story with it. And she yeah. she doesn't hunt, but she gets so excited when she you know it's just fun watching her in the house, you know, running around all the different rooms and looking out and grabbing my my vortex binos and watching the deer. And like I say, we've seen that deer five or six times out of our house, but I just can't uh, can't lay eyes on him on in my redneck blind. But hopefully that'll happen here one of these days. Yeah. Before the end of the season,
0: I like that. So, leading up to to this season, Chris, did you do anything uh, for new to the towards your property or or, or try anything different this year?
1: Um, I did. So, I've got 160 acres, and I and you know I, I'm a I'm a big proponent of of box blinds. I mean, I um, you know. They, they don't give those things away, but being in the industry, I'm able to get, uh, you know, get some connections through my friends at Redneck and really, really enjoy hunting those. But one thing that I did when I first put in my first two Rednecks, I've got a, a five-acre field that I do a lot of my rifle hunting on. It's my main food source, and I had those both on the south side of the field. Well, the bad thing was the the western blind. I couldn't quite cover the whole field during rifle season, so I decided to move that one in the off season. So we moved it in July. So it now sits on the West end and I'm basically shooting into my sanctuary. Um, The only downside was, is that it kind of, kind of stretches my shots a little bit. The field's about 125 yards wide, but it's about 250 long. And so that's where I got that doe on, on Sunday night. And she ended up, I think she was about, I think I hit her with a rangefinder. She was about 160 yards, but, but now I'm able to cover that whole field. And I'm glad that I, uh, that I moved that blind because even though I've, I've had some success out of that in its in its previous location, I definitely can cover the field better now. So that was that was probably the major enhancement that I make was just moving that blind, and then uh, and then I've got a really good setup on my north eighty. Um, I had a blind there last year, but just with the way that I planted my crops this year, I've got a got a, basically a row of corn that kind of cuts the blind off from the road because it's it's fairly close to a county road, um, but it's just it's a great pinch point that will be a, I think a spot that's going to produce for years because I've, I've got a, uh, right now I've got a strip of soybeans. That's probably 40 yards wide that runs between the corn and the woods line. And then there was a, a scrape line on the east end of that field. And that's where that target nice. buck was, was visiting early during the season and basically just funnels between there and the bedding. So I've got a really, really sweet setup for, for early season bow that, uh, I can guarantee next year if I have a shooter on camera, I'll be I'll be out there in September when the season starts and and not be singing the blues in December with uh, with an unpunched tag.
0: <laughs> I like that, Chris. I, so I want to know because of of kind of your property layout, like exactly what you just said, and, and some new things and, and moving the blinds and along those lines. Like I always struggled with when I go back at North back at in at home at Northeast Pennsylvania to hunt there. Like my dad and I, we always say there's really one entry and exit, like to where we go. And so obviously those, and the deer, the troubling part, when you look at this two track road, I'll call it along that the deer love to walk it or bed it, paralleling this road. So you hopefully get in nice and quiet or super early and could beat them to a bedding spot. Because if you do, you're watching them either come up or down depending on how they're moving. But if not, like my dad messaged me the other day, he goes, oh, I already bumped. Uh, he goes, I heard some running as I was walking in the dark to, to his his stand location where he was going. So how important is those locations, obviously, number one on your property, but number two, the access to those?
1: It's, uh, I I am just super blessed the way that this property all transpired and just came to be. Because, I mean, it's it's my my dad, you know, he passed four years ago, but there's a picture of his grandfather hanging in my dad's garage from the late 1800s B- back, back then the hams owned like a lot of, I think families around this country, you know, owned hundreds if not thousands of acres. And so, uh, he was able to acquire the, the 80 acres that was part of the original homestead from his uncle 25 years ago. And then, uh, my wife and I bought the adjacent 80 that butts up to it. Well, we, we've got a, a county highway on the west side, and then there's a county road on the north side and a dead-end dirt road on the south, so I basically have access from three sides. And the, the majority of all of my ag, I, I rent some of it out to a local farmer that, that farms some of it, but the, the ag is all on the west. So I'm just hunting the, the perimeters, and I have really minimal penetration on the, yeah. on the woods from all three sides. I basically access from the north and the south, the east. East, I don't access at all because that's kind of my sanctuary and it butts up against the neighbors, so that's where the bulk of the bedding area is. So it is it is really, really easy in and out, and, and I I can't remember the last time I bumped a deer just because they're all bedded either to the east side or more in the in the core of the... Of the property. So I really don't disturb any of the animals going in and out. Yeah. And I think that's why my success has been so great over the last handful of years.
0: That's awesome. I like to hear that just because I hunted Ohio this past uh, November and it, kind of very similar as, as far as like you have fields and strips of, of timber along those lines. And that's so new to me. So it was just like trying to balance of like, okay, where do I go in that? How do I not bump deer? Where are deer at? So it was a challenge, and I'm excited. Hopefully next year to to be able to go back and and uh, maybe learn from my mistakes. And you know that's where I also like want to kind of transition to with the with this uh, discussion, Chris, is like reflecting and moving forward. And that is in life. That is in uh, hunting. You know, I just from our conversations that we've had and things that where I've talked to you or you, you've helped me personally, you know, where where do you see that importance? Of, and why do you think maybe it is important for people to reflect and and move forward with their reflections, basically, um, you know, you could even either use an example. You can just you you know, just reflecting in general why why that, that is critical in our everyday lives.
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, whether, whatever you're trying to do, if you're trying to run a business, if you're running a nonprofit, if you're just trying to be a good human being, a good husband, a good father, whatever that is, you know, we, there's really no neutral yeah. action. You're, you're either going forward or you're going backward. You, you can't just tread water. That, that's not a, not an option. So um, 2023 has been a really a, a learning year for me in a lot of ways. And, and I'm still, I've just got a new, like I said, a new spring in my step as far as the hunting season goes. So I still have another month. God still has a month of my hunting story to write this year. I'm still in the middle of that reflection. So maybe, maybe if we'd had this conversation 60 days down the road, I would have been able to answer it better, but I just know already, you know, like I said, that word opportunity is coming up to me in, Yes, obviously, if I would have gone out hunting earlier in the season, maybe I would have had a crack at that buck, but if that's the case, then I wouldn't have, right. um, you know, my buck tag would be punched right now, and I'd just be able to watch, you know, the holly buck out the window, so instead, maybe maybe that's the plan that God had all along, was for me to shoot that deer here sometime before the end of the season, so um, we can... We can reflect. We can do all these things, but at the end of the day, ultimately, we're we're not the ones in control. You know, we we answer to Him if we're following Christ, and that's just uh, it, it. It's humbling because we yeah. think, okay, I got I got this figured out. I'm going to do this, this, and this, and this. Well, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that His plan?
0: Right. Right, I, I I like and I love what you just said too. Bro, like previously with this, is you know it, you're either moving backwards or moving forwards. Like that treading water, like staying in that neutral position is not really anything good. And I've noticed even with in anything, and you know, when I reflect on certain things, when I look back at okay, when did I make the most strides? My most strides are either happening when I was moving backwards, and I know. I, I hit something and I need to move forward or when I was moving forward and you continuously make those strides. Right. When, when I feel like things aren't in a good spot is, is in that neutral zone, like that gray area. Like, I just always feel like, like you said, you're stuck. And you, you do need something. And I love hearing like how you said, you got that pep in your step now, that extra thing. And like you said, God has that other month to, to write out the, write out this plan, but you're able to reflect on certain things of the season already to allow you to, to kind of move forward. And like you said, it happens even in our everyday lives as, as fathers, husbands, uh, speaking of men here and, and, and brothers, whatever. And it allows you to, to kind of reset, hit that reset button and, and, hopefully let, you know, that path play out for you. And I, and I think that's critical.
1: Yeah. And it was just, uh, I mean, it was emotional Sunday night. I mean, I, I hunt by myself, you know, my brother lives in town, but he, he hunts, you know, probably a half hour away from where I do. So we, we text each other frequently and I've got neighbors and, you know, my cousins are out there and, but, uh, but that night I was out there by myself. And, and for whatever reason, um, you know, I shot that deer at 160 yards and there was zero blood. I just talked to another guy that shot a deer w- with his bow, a uh, friend of mine, s- uh, Sunday night, same thing. You know, it, it fell over within sight, but but it just didn't bleed. I mean, those, those critters are, are strange. Sometimes that happens and thankful for the fresh snow. You know, there was 10 deer in the, in the field, but I knew basically where she ran into my sanctuary and it was like, God just led me right to that deer. I mean, I would have found her eventually, but it's like, you know, if we do have a coyote problem, I didn't really want to have to come back the next morning and, and, deal with half of a deer carcass and so um I, I was starting to get a little angst up as I'm walking through the rows of my beans following these tracks and then I get I just got to the end of the woods and I look into my sanctuary I'm like I think that's a deer and I shine my my light over there and sure enough you know the the, the light hit her eyes and I just I, I got a little emotional in the moment because it's like man what a what what a, it's just it's so rewarding um, and I think we, just, we have to pay homage to these animals cause yeah. it's not just, it's not just a kill. It's not a social media post. There's something very spiritual to me and, and we have to give thanks in those moments. And I just, I stood over that animal for about a minute, um, and, and was just, just praising God and just thankful for the opportunity. And it really, like I said, it kind of recharged my battery and it's like, man, this is, this is why I do this. It wasn't a 170 inch buck. Right. It was 125 pound dough that's going to make some awesome, awesome venison tacos for me this week and, and you know, feed my family for uh, for the next year or so. I love to hear that. And and
0: you you really brought something as soon as you were, you were saying like you're reflecting and, and just being in that moment. It really hit me visualizing like immediately I went right to the day that I killed my buck and dough within. Uh, So I killed five in a 23 day span in Pennsylvania. And the day that I I killed my buck, I killed a doe 10 minutes prior. And I said this already on a podcast episode where I gave, it must've been an hour. At at least it it felt like an hour, but maybe it was more of a 30 minute to 45 minutes of just solitude of just being in one with my surroundings in a sense like I could hear the wind whistling I could hear like each it almost felt like each leaf uh trickling by um but seeing the orange the red the yellow amongst the trees this way the sun was coming through the god rays I, I like to call them and just I don't know Chris it was just something where i I just loved that that morning and just took it all in and was very thankful and, and gave my thanks and like you said you, you give that respect to the animal um but then my knowing that my dad was up there and knowing that you know there's not going to be here forever neither one of us right and and just knowing that i could have then that moment with him and it was so bittersweet because as we were taking care of uh, of my two deer and we're bringing them up to the to the truck you know, he goes, oh man, he goes, I'm so thrilled for you. He goes, but now like my rest of the season, I'm going to be coming up here by myself. You know what I mean? It just hit, hit me hard. Cause I was like, dang, that's the bittersweet moment of doing that early. And it was kind of like what you were saying too earlier. Like I was very thankful within that moment, but it was also for, for me, I was like, I was fulfilled. I, I knew I had my Ohio trip coming up and I was super excited about it, but it was, I was excited because I was going with a friend and I wanted to just make a memory and, and whatever success was going to come out of it would have just been icing on the cake. And I wasn't like, I need to do this. Like you were saying, it's not about a social media post. It's not about that. It was something more. And that's where, again, reflecting on the past couple years, uh, and just learning and growing as an individual and, and with my faith and all along those lines, I think that has helped, uh, you know, kind of realign things to make things what's really
1: important basically. Yeah. And probably one of the coolest things that happened that night. So my, my late father, um, he passed away in 2019, but he started HHA is the one that got me into archery and back in, I want to say it was 96. He had a, he had a heart attack. Um, and that that changed the trajectory of his life and he wasn't able to shoot a vertical bow after that. So he was shooting a crossbow, you know, for probably the last five or six years that he hunted. Well, that deer, happened to expire literally within about 20 yards of the last place that my dad ever wow. hunted with his crossbow and I'm I, it wasn't like I was lost and disoriented I knew that that spot was there but it just I, it wasn't top of mind when I went to trail that deer and all of a sudden I, I looked at it and I'm like hang on a second I looked at my headlamp and I could literally see the tree that he that he had last hunted in probably back in 2005 2006 so it just it added even more of a special yeah. meaning to that hunt it's like he was he was there in that moment it was kind of cool yeah that is really cool
0: take the guesswork out of building your own arrows for this upcoming season by ordering a custom set of arrows from exodus outdoor gear they have developed and sourced literally the most precise archery components on earth to build a tailored arrow for your hunting adventures just head over to exodus's website and plug in your specifications in the arrow builder and have your custom set sent straight to your door you have two arrows to choose from one being the mmt arrow which is a two four six diameter shaft and the new NIS which is a two oh four diameter shaft arrow use code AU to save 15% off your tailored arrow order at exodusoutdoorgear.com. Chris so here's here's a question and I I personally would love love to hear your your uh answer to you know obviously with having HHA for the last 40 years you know with with within you that's that's amazing you're wearing a HHA USA uh, sweatshirt, which is obviously the uniting service members with within archery, and we. Will, I do want to talk about that because there's some really cool things going to be happening this year with that, uh, and have been happening, and I think it's really important to share those. But you know, take all those things, uh, either one of those uh, entities, so basically HHA HHA USA. Some really cool projects you've been a part of brings that joy of that you're so thankful to be a part of.
1: Uh, I mean, obviously, we you know we've been really really blessed on the HHA sports side of things, and you know have been a uh, you know one of the one of the staples in our industry for for decades, and that's very that's very humbling to to be in that conversation. Uh, and and so we've we've done some great things there, but I think the the, the HHA USA stuff is really kind of first and foremost what what i am most proud of and the work that that god is doing through that i mean that's something that that came into being four or five years ago and um yeah just just seeing the seeing the life change and and the life-saving things that are happening through through that and just the network that it's building i mean there's Mm -hmm. there's people literally from all over the country that have become a part of HHA USA nation and and we're just, I feel like this train just continues to gain momentum. And that, that that's probably the thing that I'm, that I'm most proud of in the, in all my time in the archery space is that a a sport that I maybe at some point even took for granted. Mm -hmm. Now I'm seeing it in a whole new light and how it is bringing life change and really, uh, really changing people for, for the good through, uh, through that work.
0: That's a, that's insane of what, you've been already in such a short amount of time been able to accomplish with that. And, and, and like you said, it, it's not necessarily doing events, doing those things like those are part of it. But like you said, it's the the changing the lives thing that I find just mind blowing in a positive way. Right. Like that's just because I know for someone that I was not military, you know, I struggled with certain things as far as like mental health concerns go like, you know, uh, it, kind of i would probably even like reflect on it is i could even say my whole life like i've said on on the podcast before just growing up the way i grew up i, I was an angry kid and and i kind of i hid it do you know what i mean I, I i hid that from from my peers from my family members from from a lot of things and then i you know i think I can only imagine what certain individuals go through when they come home from, from war or something along those lines and doing something through archery, I think is incredible because I know for a fact what archery has done for me. You know, I always just even the other day I was coming home with my wife and I was like, I used to play golf a lot and I just enjoyed it just because I was in that, that world as far as a job was concerned. I worked at country clubs a lot and I said to my wife, driving home, I was like, I would like to play golf a little bit more often. And my best friend, Jim DiAgostino, hunter archery, you know, he's through and through a hunter as well, but we both played baseball growing up and we both for enjoyment. We're not very good at golf, but we got together one time this summer to play. So long story short, I said to my wife, I would like to play golf maybe a little bit this summer. And she goes, Oh, you should, you know, there's a plethora of individuals that would go with you. And I started laughing then because she goes what i said you're you're not wrong i said but who are we kidding i think i've said this the last three years and what i what do i end up doing i end up just shooting my bow and and it's just because it's so therapeutic to me and there's just you know total archery challenge has it right when they say life's better with a bow in hand um they're they're not wrong to me right and i i just think uh you know continue to do and things with the hha usa and i'm hopeful that there's things that hopefully I could be a part of and and to do that. And the cool thing is you don't have to, you know, I know, you know, and this is where I want you to maybe elaborate to on certain things, Chris, you don't have to attend one of these events to necessarily help. Correct.
1: Correct. Yeah. And I mean, you know, we, we, my original plan going into 2024 was to start expanding and going to other States, but I just feel like we really have a lot of work left to do here in Wisconsin. So we're, you know mm-hmm. spoiler alert for for your listeners and mine unfortunately we're not we're not going to be doing any out of state events anytime soon um but Wisconsin's a great place to visit i mean we've got we have seven seven shoots on the schedule for 2024 got some great clubs and uh i mean we do have people literally traveling from coast to coast i mean we've had people come from california florida texas you know washington all over the place so um but for people that can't can't come and physically see one of the shoots, um, and I would really really welcome people to come out here because it's it's one thing to talk about it on a podcast, but until you actually experience it, it's yeah. it's an archery shoot like no other. I mean, it, it's we even joke it's like if you want to pick up a scorecard at registration, you can. If you don't, that that's not a not a problem either. Bring the family, bring your kids, raise some money, have some fun shoot your bows for a, uh, for a great cause for our veterans and our first responders. And it's just, it's a, it's a community where we're building a family in a, in a support system around the sport of archery. And it's, I'm just, I'm, I'm blessed to be a part of it.
0: Yeah. That sounds, that's the aspect where I think depending on where, what kind of priorities that, that you have and that you want to maybe do, like I'm at the point in time of my life, especially in this archery journey that, that, that I'm taking, I would love to, if I'm where I'm at, and I can only speak for myself, if I could travel to some sort of out of state event, like for, for an archery 3D shoot, I want to partake in something like what you just said. And that's just me personally, right? Like I, I we were very fortunate where, Toro Archery Challenge comes here to Pennsylvania. I've shot that a couple times. I've worked a, a couple different ones out in uh, Colorado and in Montana with Tethered. So that was like a cool experience of working those. But now also like, okay, where would I like to go to maybe partake in one? And like you just said, that experience where not only could you be around and, and open your eyes to maybe something new, but also – be a part of something like that, I just think would be really cool to help raise money for, for in individuals. And that's something bigger than just going to shoot a cool shoot, basically, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I mean, I just did, uh, you know, my podcast this Friday is going to be the, uh, our schedule drop for 2024 nice. with my editor and he and his wife and his son have been up to a shoot the last two years. And, and, uh, his wife, Jen, was very excited to hear this podcast. She's like, okay, we're going to have to listen to this and figure out where we're going as a family. What HHA USA shoot are we coming to? So, I mean, it's it's part of their family vacation where they're going to bring their bows, but then they're going to do other things, too. So, I mean, we've got Wisconsin Dells up here. We've got Green Bay. If there's football fans, people can go up and, and take a tour of Lambeau Field this summer. Uh, we've got the Milwaukee Brewers. So, if you've got yeah. baseball fans that are archery guys, too, I mean, there's so much other stuff to do in the state of Wisconsin. Come and make a make a family vacation out of it and bring your bows and come out and support one of our events. So it's kind of a, you can kill two birds with one snow.
0: Yeah. So here's what I need your help for, uh, for now here, Chris is to get our mutual friend, Shay Butler. We have to time it and pick the same one where he and I could come to that, to that same shoot this year that uh, you have to, we must have to start a, a text thread or something along those lines where you could uh, challenge both of us to say, okay, you two need to come to the same, same one and, and have a good time together.
1: I will see what I can do. I know he's, uh, he's like you and I, I mean, there's no grass growing under that guy's feet and he's got a, <laughs> he's got a growing business and he's a, he's a ball coach for his kids too. Right. So we're we're going to have to get to him. Maybe at the, I don't know if there is an off season. I think it's like hunting. There is no off season yep. for, uh, for kids sports, but, um, I, I've got something in mind. I think the one that I think you're, you're, hopefully kind of going to come out to that. That would be probably the closest one for him to come to. And it would be a good one for him to be at. So we'll see if we can get him up to, uh, to, to Madison for vortex weekend.
0: Yeah, that would be really awesome. I, I, Shay's one of those individuals where, man, does he get, like you said, I, he burns, burns the candle at every direction, every end. I mean, he, he just never seems to stop, which is, I, I give him kudos. He's one, he's another individual that I look up to, 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 as far as a husband, a, a father, and just a, a hard worker, uh, there's there's no 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 short change there.
1: No, he's a he's a good man doing things the right way, and uh, and the good Lord's rewarding him for it. So uh,
0: absolutely. So Chris, talking about I guess Shay, some really cool things have been released. Um, well, actually, before we get into that, let's you know obviously this will air post that your your scheduled uh, event. Uh, Posts of scheduling of the HHA USA events. You know, what, yep. like you said, you have a bunch coming up. Any any particular ones that, that you would like to talk about or share about?
1: Uh, well, the one thing, and unfortunately this isn't open to everybody, but the the one that I invited you to is one of our, I'm going to call you a quote-unquote partners and, and industry friends, but we, uh, we've got a really good relationship with Vortex, and they have just an amazing facility outside of Madison, Wisconsin. And so this April we were down there, One day, um, we had uh, we had invited 200 plus, but we had about 140 or 150 uh, active duty uh, veterans, law enforcement, first responders. Just because every time I go to that place, I'm like, this is awesome, I need to bring more of my friends here. And it's like, why not have an HHA USA event here? So we are doing that for two days with Vortex uh, in April. And then that's also gonna piggyback on to our public event, which is in Oregon, Wisconsin, which is about a 20 minute drive from Vortex. But we're gonna have a sporting plays event one day uh, with our friends from the Niestead Foundation, who they do a lot of great work for for the veteran community, getting them out on hunts. Um, And then we're doing 3D archery there. we're, we're returning to, to three clubs that we had taken off the schedule last year just because my my plan, or I should say this year, but my plan for 2023 was kind of to draw our Wisconsin events down with plans of going outside the state. Um, but now once uh, once that changed, we, we added these three clubs back into the mix. So uh, uh, Rib Mountain Bowman, which is up in Wausau, share archers I'm actually getting ready to have lunch with those guys today and then uh, Blackhawk archers of uh, of Stevens Point are, are three really really good clubs um, and all of those have uh, members that are either volunteers or, or folks on their board that either did serve or currently are still serving um, and just just really really cool and I guess I'm uh, kind of getting off on a little bit of a tangent here but but one story that happened and I don't think you'll mind me at least mentioning him by first no, name. Please but, do. Back in 2022, we had a shoot at Washera, and one of the gentlemen there is, uh, is a firefighter and an EMT, and we were shooting, I'm trying to think who we were even shooting with. I was shooting with some other veterans. I think it was some of the guys from, uh, uh, oh, my mouth is going faster than my brain right now, and I can't remember the name of their organization, so I apologize, guys, but I had some, had some vets up from Indiana, and I was shooting with them and and Brian was was with us as well. He's the EMT. I was the only one in the group that was not a service member. And these two veterans were just talking about, you know, their time in service and just kind of some of their struggles. It just it just was where the conversation went and I was more just sitting back observing, listening. And Brian was doing the same thing when we got to the second half of the course and Brian just opened up. He's like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't serve in the military, but I'm an EMT and I've, I've got some issues with post-traumatic stress and it's like, wow, I did not did not expect that conversation to transpire on the archery range that morning. But I mean, that just shows you the the power of these events and what happens when you bring people into that safe space where where you bring like-minded people that have had similar experiences, yeah. maybe it's in different branches of serving, but just providing those opportunities. And so, I mean, we're, we're doing that seven times in 2024 up in Wisconsin. I mean, I'm not, I'm not naive enough to think that I have to know all those stories. I, I don't care to know them all, but just knowing that they're happening, yeah. that that that's why I do it. Yeah. And I, I need to do a better job. I mean, I live it every. Day, I mean, this is what I do. And I see the the results of this stuff at our shoot, but I have to do a better job, you know, through our website, through social media of, of just articulating. And and it's impossible to do it without being there. But I want to do a better job of, of telling people, Hey, this is, this is what you're in for when you come to this. Mm -hmm. Because once people come, whether you're a service member or not, they're like, man, is it, is it April yet? Is it time for HHA USA shoot season? Cause it, it's different than anything else that's out there just because of the impact that it has. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. I I'm excited. Like I said, so kind of, kind of to lead into like the last little bit, Chris, I, I mean, like I was saying earlier, some really cool innovative things that uh, came out this past year for HHA. I know, you know, we, one individual was, was part of that, but you know, you had this air coded uh, bow sites and some more things are, are coming down down the uh, pipeline for you guys how exciting is it right now to be in in doing what you're doing because it just seems like again our i know hunting quote unquote seems to be for certain people they feel like we're under attack or whatever however you feel but i i try to look in the positive things like i see the sport of archery, whether it's bow hunting in, in general or just archery in general, I see it growing. Like, I love recently a goal of mine in the last five plus years has been to start some sort of an archery club at the school that I teach. And we do, start, I teach it, right? And so I, I nerd out, I love doing that. But the last, this past year, I've had multiple inquiries from individuals to really start a club. Now, the hard part is finding the space, but like, just to hear the growing, like, it's growing and people see whether it's through social media through whatever it be through a a family member it's i i truly think the best is yet to come and you're you're smacked out smack dab in the middle of it you know how what are some cool things that maybe you're going to be coming out with how exciting are you to see what the future holds
1: yeah i mean it's uh we talked about reflection at the beginning of the podcast. And I mean, our, our 2024 catalog is getting ready to go to the printer here this week. And I mean, it's our, it's our 40th year in business. My dad started this company in 1984. It's like, it's the year that born in the USA came out. Where the heck did the last four years go? Right. <laughs> and, uh, but we still feel like even though we're 40 years in, people will think, "Ah, oh, you guys are, you know, I'm, I'm 48. My brother's 61. It's like, you guys are probably getting ready to retire sooner. And it's like, no way, man. We, yeah. We've got work left to do. And especially, I feel like with my, with my newfound faith, you know, back in 20, 2015, 2016, I don't approach HHA sports the way that I used to. I don't approach my life the way that I used to. So, I mean, for the first 40 years of my life, I was living for myself. I wanted to, you know, buy the new truck, build the new house and, and make a bunch of money. And, and obviously I still have to do things to provide for my family, but that's not my, that's not my end game anymore. Right. I want to, I want to live a life that is, that is honoring the God and do that through my business. And I feel like he is, he has blessed our business, you know, Mm -hmm. over those last six or seven years and is going to continue to. And so I'm, I'm excited for what the next 10 years has to hold because yeah, I mean, if you, if you listen to some people, yeah, hunting is under attack and the numbers are down and not as many people are getting into it and kids are on their devices too much. Well, they're, they're still making bows and arrows every day. They're still making bow sights every day. You're getting demand to, to put yeah. on an archery program at your school. Eventually things that are, things that are old are new again. Yeah. All the technology in the world is not going to give you the, the, that peace of mind that you get from getting out on an archery range and, and, sending an arrow down into a target you can't replicate that with technology
0: no you can't I, I totally agree with that and you know the there's one thing that I always appreciate when you and I talk and we always say iron sharpens iron and I just always love when when you say that and I always feel better uh where where my day will be heading that day and I always give thanks to to you and and, and to the man upstairs and along those lines you know I want to know Chris a little rapid fire here you talked about filling feeling that 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 dough tag the other night, you're hopefully going to be chasing Holly here this evening or, or in, in these upcoming days. And you said you already mentioned some 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 tacos. What is your venison go to meal with the family?
1: I would have to say, I mean, I just it's weird. I I Never ate Mexican food as a kid. My uh, my my junior high was literally right across the street from a Taco John's, which is kind of a, a legendary taco stand here in in the Midwest. And I would never eat tacos when I was in high school. I would after basketball practice, I would go grab a large large Sprite and a large potato latte, which were basically just tater tots with Mexican seasoning on them, and that was my lunch. But I love tacos now, and I really got in the last probably probably this year. Really got on a carne asada taco kick. I love carne asada street tacos. And so I'm like, man, I've got venison backstraps in my freezer. Why don't I just start making my own? And I'm not tooting my own horn because it's literally just a packet of kinder seasoning from Walmart and throwing some backstraps on the grill. But carne asada venison tacos are the bomb. I absolutely love them. And so my, uh, my inside loins from uh, from my dough are going to be going on the grill tomorrow for uh, <laughs> for some for some tacos. So that's my that's my go to.
0: Okay, so I know what I'll be making this week now. So
1: I'll, I'll yeah. be I'll
0: be running down to the store to to go grab some seasoning. Um, I would
1: say pr- probably about uh, twelve o'clock central, twelve thirty central on Wednesday the uh, the th- the thirteenth. You're going to see a, an Instagram post of my street. Dog
0: <laughs> nice, I'm excited for that. And then, what HHA site are you running on your bow?
1: I'm currently shooting the Rise, which is the new one that we came out with back in July of uh, of 2022, um, and that well i'll try to keep a a long story short there but back in january of 2022 i i missed houdini Mm -hmm. I, i shot right underneath him at 40 yards um and i mean i was the guy that you know i was a single pin shooter back before we even back before hha was even making sights i think it was an old um oh man what was the name of it it was out of Escanaba, Michigan. It was basically a lighted pin. This was pre fiber optics Hawkeye. I think it was called. Okay. But it was, it was an illuminated pin on a, on a, on a aluminum bracket. I mean, you're talking 1988, 1989, but my dad had me shooting a single pin back before we were making optimizer sites. And so that was the question that I would always get, you know, what happens if the deer moves, you know, and and I'm like, pfft, it's never happened. I've been I've been using these things for 25 years. It never happened to me. Well, I ate a pretty large piece of humble pie in January of 22. I had the bow back on that deer at 25 yards, and he spooked and he took off to 40. And I held high, and unfortunately, shot right underneath him. And so, uh, had I had that rise sight, I would have had my second pin, which I think is 36 yards on my setup. I would have I, I would have made a much better shot on that deer that I did got had other plans. Eight months later, I, I killed him in the same spot. didn't have to use my second pin on my rise because yeah. he was at 25 yards. But um, I, I just love that site because it, it literally gets you from, you know, zero to 40 without having to adjust it. Yeah.
0: I, that's behind me. As you can see that that's the, the two that I have on mine are the tetra rise and uh, same thing. I, it, it it's made me more confident and even killing my buck this year, Chris, you'll appreciate this. I always preach about practicing and I, I can't gap shoot uh, or I try, or I, I shouldn't say I can't cause I did it, but that's why I, I always elected to that, that single vertical one, one pin. And then with the rise, I'm same as you, I'm 20 and I think I'm 36. Yes. 36 on the dot. And, yeah. and this buck when he came up i ranged him and he was 30 and i just said okay put that top pin just aim a little bit uh a higher and perfect shot and it was just it was just money and i was super excited but again i practice a lot so like i always say i practice what i preached on that one where when i in the summer i'll go up in a tree i'll throw targets at different yardage whatever and i try not to move my pin so then that way um i'm i'm practicing where I need to aim and where, what I could get away with, I guess you could kind of say. And that's what I did with, with that buck. But it was because like I said, with the rise, knowing that my that double pin was right there, I was good. And, uh, I was su- successful.
1: You know, and I mean, you talk about practice and I mean that, you know, after I missed Houdini in January of 2022, we came out with the rise in July, but I mean, we had prototypes already in May. So I started shooting that site, you know, four months ahead of season last year, and, I mean, we don't have tack-style events out here in Wisconsin, so, I mean, a, a long shot at a 3D for us might be a 50-yard shot, so it's a lot of a lot of 20 to 40-yard shots, and I just – I loved those 30 to 45s yep. because it really allowed me all season when I was going to my events to to hone in and know my bow and, okay, what is my pin going to do at, at 32 yards? What's it going to do at 38, at 41? Um, and I just – I went into – to that that season last year with more confidence, I think than I ever had, just because I was so confident in my equipment. Yeah, that's that's
0: awesome. And then, what is uh, the bow of choice for for Chris Ham?
1: Right now, I mean, I'm a, I'm a Matthews guy that are right in our backyard, so I'm I'm still running my Phase Four. I'll get a lift here once season is over. And I um, I had a good friend in town that I would sell my old bows to every year. Um, and, and since I've started HHA USA, I think my last my last three bows have gone at a pretty heavily discounted rate to some veterans and first responders. So I've actually got a, a veteran outside the Twin Cities lined up to uh to to take my phase four off my hands and then I'll be going to get a lift in January. So that's
0: awesome. I love to hear that. Well Chris, I appreciate your time today. I appreciate our friendship. I appreciate your wisdom. I appreciate everything that you've done for me. Like I said on that personal level. And I appreciate you sharing just what you shared today. I, I think I it was a fun conversation. I'm looking forward to to more to come, and of how I could, you know, experience what you're doing out in Wisconsin this this April, and like I said, I am just so excited to to be a part of that, and and I'm really really excited for that. So, where obviously, where can people check that out? And as far as HHA Sports goes, as well.
1: Yeah. So HHA USA.org. That's our, that's our website for the nonprofit. You can go on there. You can, uh, you know, if you feel so led, you can, you can make monetary donations there. If you can't come out to one of our events um, we've got our film series on there. The links to the podcast is on there as well. That drops every Friday. And I mean, you can find that on on iTunes and Spotify and everywhere else as well. Um, and then HHA sports.com is where you can go to, to check out all things HHA and then we do sell uh merch for HHA sports and HHA USA on the HHA sports website. So this, the sweatshirt that I'm wearing here, I don't even know. I haven't been on the website for a few weeks. It should be up by now, but this is a brand spank, a new shirt, we've got a, or a hoodie. We've got a new t-shirt, we've got a new hat. Um, I've got to get some new challenge coins rolling as well. So, um, but no, and I, I, I'm super excited to have you out. I hope you can make it to the Vortex event just because I feel like with your platform, I think that's an area that you're really going to going to see some fruit in because you're going to get introduced to a lot of people that hopefully will come on your podcast and they can speak more even yeah. than I can about the impact of the events that we're doing, because they're going to be the ones that have been getting the healing from that, from that trauma. So. Yeah,
0: that's awesome, Chris. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate everything. Uh, hopefully everybody you're, you're rock and rolling this new year already and, uh, you're living, uh, you're living your best life. So thanks again, everybody, for tuning in. We'll see you next week and Antler Up.
1: Thanks for listening to this episode of the Antler Up podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Please go check us out on our Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and go wild and at antlerupoutdoors.com. If you enjoyed this episode, go leave a review and subscribe for next week's episode. Until then, Antler Up.